Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle here with uh, Alfonso Rachel, who uh, probably is keyed in front of the Eiffel Tower as we speak or something <laughs> like that. Uh, Zoe, I hope you're enjoying your, your, your vacation in, in Paris. Um, this is the show where we – oh, you get the drill. You've heard this before. Um, Zoe, I, I did, um, did a, a segment today on the building collapse in Miami. And I talked about some other instances, uh, a particular mall collapse in Korea in 1995, I think, that killed 500 people just through greed of the, of the people building the buildings. So today I thought maybe we could talk about this idea of responsibility. And, and, and just let's just start with the word. Responsibility means your ability to respond to something. Responsibility has built into that word action. It's got built into that word authority. And I don't mean authority in terms of, you know, <laughs> dad won't let me have the keys to go to the concert. <laughs> I mean authority in the sense of the you can become the author of something, your ability to actually make something manifest, that kind of authority. The the you're you're the author of your own life. And responsibility has always carried kind of a negative context. Because everybody always talks about it as the flip side of freedom or privilege, right? Well, you can go out and do everything you want. Yeah, you can, you can have a car, son, and we'll give you a car, but you'll be responsible. Or, uh, Dad, can I have this puppy? Well, you know, if we have the puppy, you'll have to feed it. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and responsibility has always had this kind of, this kind of like emotional sense that it's like an anchor that's attached to freedom. It's like a, you know, it's almost like a ball and chain that keeps you from going off and doing everything else. And, and, and the more I think about it, the more I realize that's exactly what it is. Your actions have consequences. Mm -hmm. And the more freedom that you are given, the more actions you can take. And the more actions you can take, the higher your risk of impacting other people's lives in, in, in any way. And if you, imp if you impact somebody's life negatively... And positively, too, for that matter. You can be responsible for a family growing up healthy that was, you know, a wreck before you arrived, all of that. But it is it, it, it belongs to you. And one of the terms we use in, in modern times is you say you got to own it. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's really it. You, you, you have to be willing to take moral possession of everything that you do. And the only way to avoid this is to not do anything. If you are a slave in a system, and, and let's just take it to its absolute utter extreme. If you're, if you're a political prisoner uh, in the Soviet Union and you're kept in an isolation cell for 10 years, you have no responsibility. And the reason you have no responsibility is you have no authority. There are no actions that you can take that you would then be morally responsible for. So total Lack of freedom means total lack of responsibility. And as I said a moment ago, the inverse is true. The more you're allowed to do, the more you open yourself up to consequences of your actions. And, and this idea should be at least as important as freedom, but we hear it mentioned a tenth of the time. All right, so what are we celebrating on, on the 4th of July weekend, which just passed? What are we, oh, we're celebrating our freedom. That's true. But we're also celebrating our responsibility. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, the thing is, you know, when we talk about responsibility, your ability 
to respond. And when people ask you, can you take responsibility for it? Are you able, or do you have the ability not only to respond, but respond in the right way? I mean, you know, people can be responsible, but you can respond incorrectly. Uh, sometimes the incorrect response is, is not doing anything at all. Right. Or, or thinking that you're just going to stay out of the way of it or, or, mm -hmm. or whatnot. And, um, and a person, a sense of responsibility, a good instinct of how you're going to re to respond to certain things. Uh, the response, uh, the response that people had uh, that founded this country, you know, and and the response that people have today uh, in in uh, in how they conduct themselves in this country, because it's almost like. You know, we think about America the free, this this nation, and people have very cynical views about that because they don't think America's a free country. Why? Because we don't get things for free and because there were slavery and all that sort of stuff. And uh, none of that has anything to do with America as it is. That's not what America was founded for. But what happened was, is that there were people who were irresponsible with what America is and what it was founded for. You got people out there don't want to say the national anthem, don't want to celebrate the 4th of July, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, they feel like, well, 4th of July wasn't for everybody. And, and, and I get it. I totally understand that. That doesn't change what the 4th of July means. It doesn't change what America means and what it was founded on. You have people who have been irresponsible with the responsible founding of America, the response of making sure that everybody's rights are acknowledged as God-given, and I don't care who you are, you can't mess with that. Now, if some people come in and be irresponsible with that, that's on them, but you don't curse America for that. Yeah, and as an individual, if you're inside this individual mind, you look out there and you say, well, I'm a free person. I can do all these things. But if I drive my car, maybe I'll get in an accident and kill somebody. I'll be responsible. And responsibility looks like something that's just huge that extends out into the into the universe. But the thing about, about responsibility and individual responsibility, which is really the only kind, is, is how constraining it is from the outside. And I mean this in a good way. You know, you mentioned slavery and the people who talk about America is just was irredeemably evil because of slavery. Mm. The people that that were responsible for slavery, the people with the whips in their hands, and the people sitting out on the porch sipping their mint juleps, are the only people that are responsible for slavery. And furthermore, those people not only are not with us anymore, but virtually all of them paid the price for it. When, when the Civil War was over, the South was destroyed. And people say, oh, you know, it was Southern slaves built the, uh, this country. Southern slaves built the cotton economy of the South. But after the Civil War was over, all of these plantation owners became dirt poor. And, and as Booker T. Washington points out many times, the former slaves of former masters had such pity on how helpless they were mm. that they would sometimes band together and, you know, and feed them. But, but the point I'm trying to get here is, is that while you do have to own your responsibility for things, responsibility does not bleed out past your own actions, doesn't bleed out. The people who are children of, of slave owners or the people who are children of SS guards are not responsible for what their fathers did. They're not. They have a clean sheet. If it turned out that they also committed cruelties or, or acts of barbarism, or whatever the case may be, then they are responsible for those things. But the sins of the father are not visited upon the son. And what we see today is, is an attempt to 
extend responsibility from the moment of a, of a, of a crime being committed throughout generations and assume that this person is responsible for something that happened seven or eight or nine generations ago, when that's just not the case. Individual responsibility is enormous from the inside, but from the outside, it is constrained to you. What did you do? Mm. And that's why I'm so proud of the U.S. military's idea that uh, that you not only have a, 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 a right, but you have an obligation to refuse to carry out an order that you find immoral. Mm. That's, we burned the village. Well, uh, we were just following orders. Yeah, yeah. It's it, and you know, thank God for that, man. And, and I think uh, you know, getting back to uh, you know, with the with the issue of the condo, and you know, I really haven't followed it that closely, but I'm 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 speculating that the response one of the responses is is uh, see, this is why we need more government oversight. Uh, this is why we need more regulations. Uh, obviously these people were too irresponsible to uh, um, uh, to to make sure that they had whatever funds they need uh, that were correctly allocated to make sure that the infrastructure of this building was sound and had there been more government oversight, this never would have happened. And, uh, you know, one could say, yeah, yeah, indeed, people were very irresponsible with their money or how the money was uh, shelved out and how maintenance was scheduled and stuff like that. Um, and it is irresponsible. It is irresponsible to assume that the way that you solve this is with more government insight, and uh, as as you as you have said, and it was, it's a beautiful um, uh, a, a lesson that you gave is is the four uh, quadrants, right? Is when when you're doing other things with other people's money, you're not going to get quality results, and usually it happens more often than not that you're going to get some pretty shoddy uh, architecture and uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and structures. Uh, it's it's going to be the same when you just have these buildings, you know, from, built from a central standpoint rather than having, you know, the individual concentration of on these buildings. And like I said, this sucks that it really it, that it happened. I honestly don't know as much about it, but I know the typical response is, is this is what happened when you don't have more government oversight. Well, I talked about it in the uh, moving back to America I did this week called um, a structural defect. Mm. Uh, and I don't need to repeat everything I said there, but. Mm. Just as an example of responsibility, this is a really remarkable individual case. In 1995, a mall collapsed in Korea and killed 500 people. The people that were responsible for that, the people that owned the building had hired a professional company to build the foundation in the building. They built the foundation. The foundation was rock solid. And then the people that owned the building the family that owned the building that was paying for it started modifying. It was supposed to be an office building. They made it into a mall, cut an atrium out of it, put a story on top that was never there in the original designs. It did every single thing wrong. And to top it off, to top it off, the day of the collapse, engineers were expecting the building and came to the people that owned this building and said, this building is about to collapse. You have to evacuate it immediately. And they said, well, we disagree with their analysis because they're making big money down there. The place was filled with people. And several hours later, it collapsed, but they got out. So here you have this example of criminal irresponsibility, nothing but greed, mm. right? We want more space. We want this. We don't want to spend the, the money to move the, the air conditioners by crane. So we'll just roll them across, cracked all the ceilings. 
you, you just go down this list again and again and again and again and again and again and again, and you find nothing but culpability, responsibility, and that. And, and yet, all of that said, all of that said, 500 lives lost because of your greed and your, and your arrogance. When it was over, my understanding is, I think the Samsung is the name of the, of the family is, uh, who owned the mall. When it was over, this wealthy family apparently liquidated all of their assets and put it into restitution to the victims. Hmm. And, and I thought, wow, you know, that's a, that's, there's something really unbelievably good there. Hmm. Not, not in what they did and not in what happened to all of those people. They're directly responsible for that. But at the same time, when the consequences of their behavior became clear to them, they accepted responsibility for it and did everything in their power, including apparently, basically bankrupting their, their family holdings, in order to try to make it right because they assumed the responsibility, they accepted it. It suddenly dawned on them that no, you you were warned and you didn't accept the warning. 500 people are dead. What are you going to do about it? Well, we don't, it's not our fault. No, you're right. We did. Here's here's all of the money we have. And we're terribly sorry. Yeah, you know, uh, it would have been nice. Uh, needless to say, it would have been nice if they would have just heeded the warning. And it's like, man, better safe than sorry. Dang it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's you know, what that's what this piece is about. Is that the human heart is not built that way? Yeah, you know, it's um, and you know, what do you what do you say to that? I mean, it's like, uh, well, here's how how do you replace what was lost? You know, it's uh, here's here's this restitution. I we can at least uh, you know, appreciate them being remorseful. Uh, can I can I kick in here for a second? Sure. Just just because I think this is kind of the point. How can you replace what is lost? You can't. Yeah. You've got 500 dead people, and all of the people that they're connected to are in grief for the rest of their lives. They're they're just going to be missed every day for the rest of their lives. There's no possible way to repair the damage that you have done. But the point is, by accepting responsibility, they they agreed to willingly, apparently said, we cannot make good what we have taken from you, but we can do everything that we possibly can in an effort to try to make it right. And, and that's kind of the thing that I found so remarkable about that is, is that you're, you're, you're staring at this, at this, just this chasm of, of grief and loss that you personally are responsible for. And you know you can't ever fill that, that hole again, but you can try. You can, you can give everything that you've got in order to try, and that to me is, is the essence of what a responsible person is. Sure, and, and man, it's one of those things where you gotta really be honest with yourself, not be so uh, steeped in denial. And, and the, for the people who own the building, it's like, come on, ask yourself, for real, would you live here? <laughs> Is it just, come on, it's like, but, but here's the problem. That person will probably be like, yeah. Yeah, I would live here. There's this place of sound. Everything is is fine, you know. And so they might be in total denial about denial about it. But that's why it comes down to the word when the word says, "Love your neighbor as you would yourself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you." The problem with that, though, is that a lot of people leaves out what precedes that. 
You gotta love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. You can't just assume to go love your neighbor as you would yourself because you can be very deceived by that, by what somebody, by what your ideas of love and respect are and value of somebody else's life according to your own boundaries, rather than seeing another person who is created in the image of God, which is more valuable than anything on the planet. So when you have that, you can have somebody who will have the filter of, I mean, this building's okay. You wouldn't gamble with somebody else's life like that. Now, some people may call themselves God-fearing people and do it anyway, but the Lord never instructed that. The Lord says, I think you need to look at the Lord, uh, word a little bit more closely because you are thinking it's concerning your own affairs, <clears throat> not concerning mine. So that's why I'm saying even with this, you know, it's, it's difficult to say because this person's might thinking, yeah, you know, I live here. There's nothing wrong with this building and just be in denial about it. The, the the reason uh, I wanted to talk about responsibility today was because I fresh in my mind was the story about the the mall owners, and also fresh in my mind I, I watch a lot of content uh, user created content on YouTube and there's some really excellent channels out there really doing excellent work, and one of them was about the mall collapse and another one that I saw or listened to yesterday was about a woman whose name eludes me and doesn't need to be remembered. Uh, a man in Florida had been married for seven years. His wife was out of town. He hired a prostitute to cheat on her. Mm. This prostitute comes over. He falls madly in love with the prostitute. And a short time later, he divorces his wife and marries this person. Mm. And within short order, this woman hires somebody to have her husband killed. She convinces him through a deception that he needs to sign his house over to her because this guy's on probation. And then she makes a number of phone calls saying uh, basically they get off a plane or something like that and, and the police come up and stop this guy because there's been a report that he's smuggling drugs. Well, mm. he, he wasn't doing it. She wanted him to go back to jail for a long time. She, she basically lied about him being... Uh, engage in criminal activities because she wanted him to go to jail. When she couldn't do that, she hired somebody to murder him. Now, the person she asked to uh, connect her to somebody was an ex-boyfriend of hers. And this ex-boyfriend, to his enormous credit, immediately went to the police. The police set up a sting operation. And here you have her on camera, repeatedly, on multiple occasions, saying, I, I, want, I want you to kill my husband. Are you 100% are you sure about this? I'm 5,000% sure about this. Okay. She's finally confronted. She, she's arrested. And she fights it for 10 years. And finally, I'm getting to the point here. When the judge explains his sentencing, she's found guilty of, of you know, trying to commit somebody, uh, solicitation for first-degree murder. And the judge is explaining why he's about to issue the sentence that he's about to issue. And I think, I think the range was really remarkable. It's the low end was four years and the high end was 30. And he talks about how cold-blooded this woman was, how after she had been arrested, she tried to call her husband and get him to help her. And he's saying, you tried to murder me. I didn't, I didn't, what you saw, I saw what you saw. It just didn't happen. It wasn't true. It just, who are you going to believe, me, you, me or your lying eyes? And the judge laid out the reasons for his sentence. And he talked about the utter lack of responsibility or remorse, the utter, complete total lack of any sense of, of, of being the agent of, of all of this. And so he gave her 20 years. 
And he explained in great detail why he was giving her 20 years. And, and he, he said a couple times, he said, if I'd seen any particle of, of sorrow, remorse, uh, guilt, anything, that would have affected my judgment and I would have lowered the sentence. But because you are utterly unwilling to accept responsibility for what everybody saw you do, we all saw the videotape, then I'm going to judge you accordingly. And, and that ability to accept responsibility is certainly not built into everybody. You maybe could make a case it's not built into most people, but in any event, there it is. You are responsible for your actions, whether you acknowledge it or not. And if you do something that is, that is so damaging to somebody, the only way out of it is to, ex there's no way out of it. The only way to, to minimize the effects of it is to completely own the responsibility, uh, be sincerely um, sorry about what you did, and then make every effort uh, to, to do something to redress these harms that you've caused. And some people are just absolutely psychopathic. They just, I, I, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I just want to go home, she kept saying. Mm. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not just the, the remorse or the apology or uh, being sorrowful or saying you're sorry. The key word is, is repent. You know, it's like really take that's it, it, you know. Yep, that's it. No, that's take it. it to the core and say, I, I, I did wrong. And now... And being that this is the virtual city, and we're trying to get down, like like you said, we're trying to get down to the morality right. and philosophy of it. It's like, what what is what is the approach to it? What is the answer? To it? It's like you know, the world is going this way, and, and how how do we how do we deal with this? What's the answer? So you know, that's why you know when you know people ask, that's why I offer up I offer up the scriptures. People are looking for an answer. Well, here's what I recommend. This is my prescription, right? And we see these things, Bill. At the end of the day, I don't want to be that person because everybody's got a day in court. That's the thing about it. Everybody's got a day in court. And yeah. I don't I don't particularly want to live my life like I've got a day in court coming. You know, I just I want to go ahead and, and take my acquittal right now and accept the one who got off the, the cross to, to who got on the cross to get me off the hook in the first place. But I got to walk in that because that day in court does come and we don't want to be. <clears throat> like that woman having no yeah, room. We're going to see the video. They're going to play the videotape. And, and we like to think that even the worst parts of the videotape, we've done something to try to fix. Right, right. We don't want, we don't want to be that person. And the evidence is going to be right there. And it's like, you, you can't deny it. And you're going to have people who are going to stick to that. Hey, I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty of anything. And these people are going to be in contempt of court. I don't want to be in contempt of court when the Lord has his angelic <laughs> bailiffs Snag, snatch us up and toss Contempt us out of, of court. court. That's, that's really great. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what it's going to be. It's court. So in this, I want to make sure that because in this court, when you when we read the rights, if you can't afford an attorney, I guarantee, Bill, nobody can afford this attorney. He's going to have to be appointed to us, right? The carpenter moonlights is a lawyer, and him and the judge are really tight. Okay, so in this, you want to take this guy as your intercessor and start walking in his statutes right now. That way, when your court date comes, you've already got your good time served. All right, I don't want to be on the business end of that gavel when it comes down. And if we understand that, we can walk in that correctly right now and we can actually see some more peace in the world. Yeah, 
Uh, just close. I'll just close with this. Mm. You mentioned the word repentance. That's one word, and another word is atonement. So what is it? Uh, most people have a moral sense. They haven't. They have. A, it, it's built into them. It's. It's. There is a. Most people have a, a pretty clear idea of of right and wrong when they see it and they get all the facts. So what is it about somebody who's committed some horrendous? Uh, did I say horrendous? Horrendous. <laughs> heinous and horrendous is a horrendous crime. There's. That's what I was going for. Somebody's committed some horrendous, some horrendous act, and then afterwards they either deny it or afterwards they repent and they atone. What is it about those two words that makes everybody with a moral sense say we should not be as harsh on this person as we would be if they had not sincerely shown these things? Well, repentance means that you've that you've done something wrong, and it's the acceptance that you've done something wrong, and atonement is now the willingness to, to part with things that you've gained in order to, to make uh, somebody as whole as you possibly can. And I think the point of all this is repentance and atonement indicate a change. That's the functional fulcrum of why we feel more sympathy towards people who are genuinely repentant and who are making a genuine effort to atone. What we're seeing is we are seeing an individual person struggling and going through a great deal of hardship to change the behavior that they had that caused these troubles in the first place and replace them with behaviors that have happened as a result of this. In other words, there are honestly some people who do learn their lesson. And learning your lesson is what really it's all about. None of us escape this life without having committed uh, acts that we regret and that have harmed other people. None of us do. But when we are confronted with them and we change our behaviors, it's an indication that our heart is in the right place. And and that is an important uh, thing to mention. It's not only in the right place, we actually have one. Mm-hmm. Some people simply don't. So in an era where uh, social justice is trying to spread responsibility from from people who committed no crimes and victimhood onto people who suffered no injustice, it's important to remember just exactly what this word means and how personal responsibility is. For my friend Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. This is The Virtue Signal, where we do try to talk a little bit about the philosophy and the morality behind the uh, the political stories of the day, and it's made possible by the members of BillWhittle.com who have uh, voluntarily just stepped up and made either a one-time donation or pay $9.95 a month, sometimes a little higher, uh, to keep the lights on for this program. So we're very grateful to them. So for my friend Zoe, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time right here on The Virtue Signal. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in for some Sledge Covers, where I put a sledge edge on songs from back in the day, particularly from the 70s and the 80s. Bell bottoms to parachute pants, baby. If you dig what you hear, you can download all these songs for free or drop a buck in a guitar case if you like. I wouldn't mind that. You can also check out original 20-pound Sledge Jams, too. You can also download all those for free or make a donation. Thank you so much for supporting. Links are in the description field. Sledge on! Stand and deliver! Yeah.
stop. Okay, song stopped. What's up? Man, I feel kind of silly singing the quad diddly quad quad parts. Really? Yeah. Actually, you know what's really silly, man? What? You in here talking to yourself and posting it online. And playing with yourself, too. I play the instruments myself. Don't get it twisted, pervert. I know you are, but what am I? I'll give you a hint. I'm you. There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Want to get back to that silly sing-along, hmm?
Sweet.